0: You're listening to the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. If you gamble, use your game sense. Stay within your limit. Go to GameSense.ab.ca and learn more. Uh, joins us Spec. What was your video game of choice as a young lad?
1: Buddy, I'm so old that my video game of choice was like Pong. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when they opened up arcades, I was a big Galaga guy. How about Galaga? Anyone play that?
0: Buddy, are you kidding me? Galaga's unreal. I love that game. So. Uh,
1: I like Gallica. That was my thing in the arcade, but we never had it at home. Like, come on. No, no God,
0: yeah. no, no, no. Like, uh, uh, did, now, was your arcade, uh, like, was it a little seedy spec? Were guys in there, yeah. you know, with some, uh, you know, homemade tattoos and long hair and, you know, hiding their marijuana in the back alley?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. There was one we used to go to called Big John's, and the guy who owned it named John was like, ooh. I don't know what ended up with him, but, yeah, he was that guy you just described. There was a – we used to go up sometimes to a leisure world up in the north end. Anybody remember that up in, uh, like, Kensington, Wellington area? Okay. we go up to leisure world, and I was a West End kid from, a, you know, Laurier Heights, and we'd go in there, and my was – I was pooping my pants. I was so scared of all the cats in that place, man. I was out of my element. <laughs> so, because obviously I grew up on the
0: farm, but my first introduction to the arcade—and honestly, I think it's like you know, kids nowadays—they're like, like, "What's an arcade?" And like, "Oh my god, it was track and field and all that." And there was Odyssey, which was in Corinthia Park, and it was a little strip mall. There was a there was a Max. And then there was a hairdresser place, and then there was taco time. And so my parents always told me, don't go to the Odyssey. Well, of course, like any 12- and 13-year-old, they didn't really listen. And I had my own paper route. So on Saturdays, back at a routine, I would buy my bike there. I would go to taco time. I would crush the Mexi fries and the soft taco. And then I would just spend like 10 bucks. In quarters at the arcade for hours. Oh, my God. There was like, and there was like, you know what? I was wondering, because, you know, there's a few kids smoking in there and stuff. And like, I remember getting offered drugs once I was 13. I'm like, "Uh, uh, no, thank you, sir. No, thank you. But uh, it was, uh, yeah, there was a few different characters. Because Leduc was very much a long hair town uh, in the 80s, right? And so there was a lot of people who, I think they might have been very innocent, but they looked like complete just badasses. It was quite common
1: well it's a different deal like we didn't you know you didn't have your game console at home right there was no, no game console no. so you had to go somewhere to play video games and you know every time to- like the video you know the arcades weren't nice places they were everyone hung around there and that's where you learned to smoke i mean i learned to smoke at the outdoor hockey rink but you know if it wasn't there in the winter it was at the arcade in the summer so you know what? It's a good thing for those places. They taught us all the things we're not supposed to do, Jason.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so it was a life lesson of learning what not it to
1: was. do. It was. It was. It's a life true, lesson. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's some of the other ones. If, if you didn't watch yourself, maybe you'd you know, sometimes you learned in that arcade when it was time to talk and when it was time to listen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the the Oilers have been doing a lot of talking uh, lately. spec, and uh, with their sticks and uh, their defense, it's working. Uh, not a great start, again, for the Edmonton Oilers, but uh, they bounced back. I had a dominant eight minutes in the uh, second period to get take the 3-2 lead, and, and then, uh, you know, this time the goals called off in their favor, because Yamamoto didn't exit the zone in time, and and uh, and they win it on a a fourth goal. And so uh, away they go now into Calgary. Um, At all concerned about the starts, or is it it unrealistic to think a team's going to play a great... Because I don't think 60 minutes is doable, to be honest. I think the other team's going to have pushes. It's just lately the other team is pushing early, and Edmonton has to push back.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, sure, the odd time you play a perfect 60-minute game, it can happen, but it doesn't happen very often. You know, the... uh, the other team's going to get some portion of the game. So, given my given my choice, I love the way the Oilers are winning the back half of every one of these games. Right? Yeah. You know, you're you're usually better to win the back half than the front half. And and Edmonton, what are they? Five straight. They've been they've given up the first goal of the game, and in a few of them, it's been two nothing. And uh, this is you know it it says a lot about a team that that continues to win like this. This is a. This is a real show of character and a show of confidence and a show, you know, this was team panic, right? Remember in the playoffs last year, all those had a lead in every game against Vegas and they couldn't hang on to any of them. They weren't very composed. And all of a sudden now, I defy you to find me a more composed team in the league right now.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, they, you know they played very well and you know we all know like captain obvious oh the streak's gonna end yeah thanks we all know the streak's gonna end i don't know when the <laughs> streak's gonna end and yeah. um you know I, I don't know what they're gonna do after like when they won eight in a row i don't think people thought that they'd lose three and then win 12 in a row right like i don't think anybody thought that but uh here we are um so we were both wrong i uh, went with skinner last night uh did you get any sense from today are they going skinner again tomorrow
1: uh, well, I wasn't at practice today because oh, okay. I was dri- driving out of Calgary, but I guarantee you they're going to Skidder tomorrow. I would, I would bet my Chevy on it, man. They're, there's, they're not going into Calgary on a Saturday night playing the backup. No chance. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, I would for sure think that um, Pickard will get a game next week, You know, which you name the game. Is it Tuesday against Columbus? Is it Thursday against Chicago? Uh, he'll get one of those two games, but I'd fall over if he got the game tomorrow night in Calgary.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Now, I wonder could, and they could do it. They could go Pickard both. Columbus and Chicago if they wanted to, right? Because they do have to look at the big overall pitcher here, of Skinner, but he could play three of the final four, and then they're just going to look at the 37 and say, hey, maybe out of the final 37 games, we're, we're, we know that there's eight back-to-back, so there's eight games right away, right? Take out Skinner's at 16, so then you're down to 21 games. And you know what? If Skinner plays 13 or 14 of those, I've done the math in my head, then we're talking he's around a, a 56 to 57 start season. Not terrible.
1: No, and, you know, I think you have to remember, like, there's one side of this conversation is don't overwork Skinner, rest Skinner. I get it. There's no getting around that that's wise to, you know, be wary of how much you play him. But the other side is they're not playing many games right now. The guy's playing the best hockey of his life. Like, it's a pretty good time to get Skinner out there repeating his good games, right? Every game's a good game for Skinner right now. You know, like look at last night. He lets in the two breakaways, and on that third breakaway, he shut the door on Tanov and he shut the door the rest of the game. Like that's a, that's a good one to have in your portfolio, man. And you know, I, I'm I'm kind of think the way he's playing, running him out there can't do you much harm, can it?
0: Well, not in the moment, but uh, if we look at the numbers, if you want a deep playoff run, right, that's more what I'm
1: talking yeah, sure. about. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yep, I get it. No,
0: So, uh, so we'll see uh, Yanni Gord. Um, and you know, he obviously lost his marbles. Like, who knew that Connor McDavid has a little bit of rat in him?
1: <laughs> yeah, Connor McDavid's playing an awesome game right now, man. I love his game. Like, he you know, like listen. Gord's doing his job getting on McDavid. Oh, yes. Game. Right when McDavid is cross-checking Yanni Gord, that's a that's win Yanni Gord. You know, I don't know who the idiot in Twitter was today said McDavid's supposed to fight him. That's just completely ridiculous. But Yanni yeah, Gore is doing his job. But he ceases to do his job when he leaves the ice and offers a, or, you know, delivers a blatant headshot on Matthias Ekholm. You know, the league has to penalize that. It's a two-game suspension. He earned every bit of two games. Just yeah. a dumb play. Hit hit Ekholm as hard as you want. That's fine. That's how we play hockey. Why are you why are you jumping off the ice and hitting him in the head? It's it's just a dumb thing to do, and I'm sure he regrets it,
0: yeah no it was not uh it was not wise by any stretch of the imagination at all, and so he's got to uh he'll have to be better uh for sure and you yeah. know i look at the, at the orders and you know last night it was dry subtle you know his twenty fifth four point game of his career, and he really took that game over with three points in in seven and a half minutes, and you know what we haven't really seen that from him yet. McDavid's had one game like that. He had the five pointer against uh, the the Flyers, and then you had Drysaddle with all four against Seattle. And, and other than that, though, like those guys' point production by their standards has actually been a lot slower. But the team's still winning. Like, you know, I think behind closed, like even if I'm McDavid and Drysaddle, like I wonder if there is a little bit of oh, like we can win. We play good defense. I don't like. I know they want to score two points. Don't get me wrong, right? And, uh, but I, I just wonder if that's mentally a little less draining because there's not that... Like, I know they put a high pressure on themselves to produce, but this way they're winning and they don't have to worry, well, geez, I didn't get two points, we lost three 2 You know what I mean? Less draining,
1: well, I want to say this. That. To me, like, Jason, a this a is a... We've been waiting for this transition this between the team different different that wins all the individual trophies lost, and the better. team that wins the real oh, trophy that matters. And, you know... If the Oilers, the Oilers have got 10 games and haven't let in more than two goals a game. Drysdale and McDavid, between the two of them, they're on the ice for what? 45 seconds out of every minute of a game? Are they not you know combined? Don't they probably combine for about 42, 45 minutes, right? So My point is, if they're playing that well defensively, it's because McDavid and Saddle, they have a huge amount to do with that. They're playing that well defensively too. Yeah. So nope. uh, th- this is the transition that we've all been waiting for here, pal. They might not win the Art Ross. They might not win the Hart. Who cares? You know, how how, how many rings of that Hart trophy got anybody in this town? So th- this is a good transition. This is exactly what we're waiting for here.
0: Well, I think it did get Gretzky four, but nonetheless, I see your point. Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm uh, talking like yeah. new era.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Messi got one too. but um... Yes the uh yeah you're right about the new era um and to me i think you can do both for sure Uh, speaking of the Hart trophy it's funny i see a lot of people oh austin matthews Hart, and i was like okay because you know me spec i love to go back in history and and austin matthews is currently 10th in league scoring just off the top of your head do you have any guess since 1950 and i'm only talking forwards i don't talk defensemen or goalies do you know the Hart trophy winner what's the lowest position they finished in the league scoring race to win a heart Trophy since 1950.
1: Oh, gee, that would, I would be surprised if it was inside of about sixth or seventh.
0: Speck, it is sixth. Bobby Clark, go. Taylor Hall, Austin Matthews. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. Okay, we're all That's six. The low. six. There's, there's, now you could go way back to to Frank Nybe, the very first Hart trophy winner. He was tenth in 1924, but it's a little bit different time. So I tried yeah. to keep it somewhat uh, irrelevant to to today's game. But and like people can love Austin Matthews all they want. But if he's tenth, I don't care if he leads the league in goals. If he's tenth and scoring, he's not winning. Because you're only you're contributing goals, but you're not getting assists, you're not contributing points. Like, when Obi won it, he was first or second in league scoring and leading the league yeah. in goals, right? So it's, I'm just, I wanted to point that out because I saw a lot of people, oh, geez, he's my second on my, I'm like, what? How do you have Matthews ahead of Kucherov? There's no chance you have him. I'm sorry, there's none.
1: So, I don't, like, it's, it's a Toronto thing. There's so many voices in Toronto, but Matthews has a trophy. Matthews is the best goal scorer in the league. And there's a trophy for that. It's called the Rocket Richard Trophy. He'll likely win it, and he deserves it. And I'm here to tell you, he's the best goal scorer in the league right now. That's oh, what yeah. he is. Yeah. Doesn't make him the best player in the league. You know, I think, and I've written, and I totally believe, Leon Dry- uh, uh, Austin Matthews is a little bit better goal scorer than, than Leon Dreisaitl. But Leon Dreisaitl a better player. You know, I would rather have Dreisaitl on my team than Matthews. Unless I just wanted pure goals, then I want Matthews. But just because you score goals, it doesn't mean you're the greatest player. It means you're the best goal scorer, and that's what Matthews is right now.
0: Yeah. He's a really good player, don't get me wrong. Like uh, he's a really know, good player. Yeah. Like McKinnon, Matthews, sidle is a really good uh, debate. You know, right now McKinnon's uh, having an unreal year. He's probably the heart leader. I think Kucherov will be second. Then there'll be some other guys uh, in there for sure. And uh, I never count on McDavid because if McDavid suddenly goes on a 40 game heater, I don't think anybody's going to be shocked by it. By any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I just That's I want to point that out to people like you got to look at history and look at a long history. If you're if you can't be the most valuable to your team and it, it, you know, and then be the second leading scorer on your team, unless the leading scorer is first and you're second or third, because that has happened actually, uh, way back when with Stan McKean and Bobby Hall. But, um, lastly for the orders going into Calgary tomorrow night, spec, uh, you know, you're going down, you're going, you're down there. It's it's going to be, I think, a little high energy in the building. Um, the, like the orders, I don't know if you know this, spec, they can become the first team ever outside of the Eastern Time Zone to win 13 in a row. No. no <laughs> Like, no team that's not an Eastern time zone team, and I think travel plays a big factor in that, to win 13. Obviously, you could be the first Canadian team to win 13. Like, they got a little history on their side here tomorrow night if they want to go for
1: it. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, we ask these guys about these streaks, and they all give you the cliche answer, all the players, right? Oh, you know, one day at a time. And, you know, we're just trying to blah, blah, blah. But you know that guys are starting to, to see, like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You know, this is yeah. like this is something that no, none of these guys have obviously ever did it before. Probably none of them are going to do it again. They know what's going on in that room, and they know the chance they have, and they know that if they can, if they can muscle through Calgary on a Saturday night at the Saddledome, that they're coming home to Columbus and Chicago, and you know what? Now there's one left before the All-Star break, and it's Nashville at home. They know all that stuff. They're pumped. These guys, they're never going to tell you, Jay. They're pumped about this thing. They want to go on as far as they can take it.
0: Speck, have a good night in Calgary. We'll chat with you on Monday.
1: All right. Sounds good, Jay.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.